Hey, I'm Pastor Mark, and this is E3. This is the second week of Not So Silent Night. Do you hear what I hear? Uh, where we're going through the life of Jesus actually backwards. Uh, last week, we started with the ascension and the resurrection, and we're moving all the way backwards to Christmas Eve, where we will celebrate the birth of Jesus. We're doing it in a different way, though, not just backwards, but we're doing it from a different perspective. We're doing it from the perspective of the person who uh, knew Jesus the best, who was with Jesus the most, and that was his mother, Mary. As we talked about last week, Mary is the only other human or the only human being on earth who was at Jesus's birth and was there all the way through until his uh, death and his resurrection that she has a very uh, unique place uh, and perspective as his mother and uh, also just the time that she was with him. And also, we're not just looking at it through her eyes, but actually um, uh, musing a little bit about what she would have heard, how she would have heard um, uh, what was going on in Jesus's life. The reality is, that a lot of times in story and things like that, we rely very much on what we can see or on the information. But really the true emotion, the, the feeling of a situation comes from sound. That sound conveys emotion. You know, we all know like when we're watching a movie, we know when a scary part's going to happen because like the, the scary music, right? The, ooh, you know, everything you're like, oh man, something scary is going to happen. Or, or we know when something exciting is going to happen. It's like bum, 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 bum and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the sa- uh, same is true with, with sound, that, that, that sound conveys feelings. It, 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 it stirs up emotion. Think about it this way. What are uh, some sounds that you hear that immediately get your attention, even if you don't see where the sound comes from? Gunshot. Gunshot. Yeah, absolutely. Gunshot. Uh, and, you know, when I hear a gunshot, uh, there was a, a drive-by shooting in front of uh, Shannon and Mai's house in, in California, and that... That noise, you know, it just that 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 crack of a of a sound. It, it's terrifying, especially when uh, it's not expected. What's another sound? Siren. siren. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you hear a siren, and 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 your heart kind of leaps. What's another sound? A baby's cry. Is Audrey? Did you say that? A baby's cry. Yeah, uh, I got. Yeah, you ever heard of like mom hearing? Yeah, there's dad hearing too. This is actually a story where like my my kids, uh, I think it was like one of the first times I got to watch the kids and, and I don't know which one it was, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but uh, so Shannon comes home and she says, don't you hear that? And I'm like sitting there doing something I'm like, what, what? And she's like, the, you know, the kid's screaming, and I'm like, oh, and then I heard it. So, like, mom hearing hears everything, dad hearing, we hear nothing, and, uh, and, it, and it's good. So, you know, but all these kind of these different sounds, right, that, that, uh, that we hear, you know, like a, if you're at a stoplight and you hear somebody, like, screeching behind you, right, your heart, your heart leaps, especially me. I'm in a little Mini Cooper. I'm like, I'm going to die. So... Uh, <laughs> 
all of these different sounds, and we all have them in our lives, and each and every one of us have specific kind of noises that, that set something off in us. And as I was looking at, at this week's uh, story, where we're really looking at the last week of Jesus's life, that I actually came up with 14 different sounds that, that tell the story of Jesus' last week in a very different way, in a way that actually uh, probably conveys the feelings of, of what Mary must have felt when she heard, that, heard these sounds. And I was thinking about how to do this, and today's going to be very, very different. So if you're like looking for like three points and out kind of thing, that's not what's going to happen today. Uh, that, that actually we're going to tell the story of Jesus' last week uh, of his earthly ministry through these 14 sounds. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to uh, listen to the sounds that, that I found. Now, I just want to let you know, uh, I had a, a budget of about zero for this. So, I mean, I, I got these sounds off the interweb and I uh, asked the Google, you know, you know, these different sounds, right? And so I, I came up with them. So you're going to have to be a little bit creative, all right? You know, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, they're, they're not, you know, amazing sound effects, but they, they'll get the point across. And what I'm hoping that we'll be able to achieve is to get beyond what we know about the story as far as information or maybe how we visualize it and maybe tap into what I believe only sound can tap into. And that's that deeper level of, of feeling and emotion. Now, I'm just going to let you know the first gathering was awesome. Everybody participated and, and we kept it going. So if you sit there and you listen to the sound and you're like, I'm not participating. We're going to be here for a long time, and it's not going to be any fun and everything. So this is going to be very interactive. So be bold. Yell it out. You know, I may say, you know, time out. Too many of you are being too bold. Uh, but so kind of, you get it? So we're going to tell the story of the last week. You ready? Yes, absolutely. You are ready. So, okay, cool. So the first sound. Okay, the crowd. Now this is picking up. I should have. I should have said we're picking up right after the triumphant entry. So there's an. Does that sound kind of like a? I'll give you a hint. An angry crowd. All right, a mob going on. So what happens at the beginning of of the week? Jesus enters the temple, and what does he do? Yeah, he kicks out the, the money changers and everything. And, and if you can kind of think about what that would have sounded like. And I, and I looked, I mean, I couldn't find any sounds of like tables being like kicked over and, and, and money changers and stuff. So I, all I found was the angry crowd kind of thing. But if you think about the sounds that, that would have, have gone on, you know, because people would have been very, very angry, right? That Jesus is coming in and disrupting their their businesses and and really I mean up to that point you know Jesus was pretty on the you know on the down low he wasn't like going and kicking over tables and, and things like that so this is you know a, 
you know, he just had this triumphant entry, and he's going into the church, into the temple, and, and really causing this ruckus. Now, one thing that I discovered as I was going through uh, these 14 sounds, actually all 14 of these, 14 of these sounds uh, as we hear the sounds of betrayal and redemption, and it's also of loss. And every time we hear a sound that there is loss uh, involved, and that's sometimes for Jesus, sometimes for his disciples, sometimes for his mother, and other times for others. So with uh, what, what was lost when Jesus went into the temple and, and, and cleared out the money changers? They're prophets, exactly. Uh, uh, they lost their, their income. And, and I think that as we enter this season of Christmas, that a lot of times we think, you know, you know, ho, 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 he, 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 I'm so happy and all that kind of, kind of stuff. But a lot of times in the Christmas season, and especially in, in, in life, that, that there is a real sense of loss, that, that there's relational loss, there's uh, uh, just loss of perspective or credibility, there's all sorts of, of loss, loss of a loved one that we deal with. And I think that's a very real part of Christianity. It's a very real part of Jesus' life, and it's a very real part of Christmas. So, uh, and, the, and the reality is that an encounter with Jesus, that sometimes that, that uh, is associated with a loss of income, that things change, that, that, that Jesus calls you to a, a different direction, maybe a different calling, maybe in there, you know, uh, to a more ethical way of doing business. And the first thing in the story of Jesus last week is, is this, uh, this sound, the sound of loss of income, loss of, of in, employment in, in going forward. So next sound, please. Money. So what's the coins? I heard it over here. 30 pieces of silver, which is? Which is money, yes. Betrayal. You know, the sound of betrayal. And this is the next thing that, that happens in the story is, is after uh, Jesus clears out the, tab- uh, the temple, really this is what really turned the religious rulers against Jesus and they're like, this is guy's got to go, and and in I believe it's in uh, in Matthew uh, twenty six, Judas asks the leading priest says, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver, and. This idea of like, you know, you, the hearing of, the, of those coins. And a lot of times I think that these sounds that, as you'll see as we go through this story, these sounds are haunting. These sounds uh, are things that when you go into the future that they stick with you. When you hear those sounds, it triggers a memory. It triggers uh, a sense of that loss again. And... You think, you know, just every time, you know, maybe the disciples going forward, you know, they, they heard money or they would see some silver or something like that or hear some silver that it would trigger this memory of 
this very dark week where one of their own betrays the Messiah. Next sound. Wine. Bread. You know how hard it was to find a breaking bread sound, so it sounds more like, I don't know what it sounds like, but, but we'll just, you know, go with it. So what happened after uh, Judas took the money? They went to the upper, upper room for Passover to celebrate the Passover. That's why they were all in Jerusalem anyway. And, and Jesus, during the Passover Seder, comes in and, and, and pours the wine. And, and you know, just the, the, the hearing of that sound and the anticipation and, and, and then the breaking of the bread. And the, the cool thing is about, about this is they were going into a very traditional thing, a, a traditional thing that had been happening for thousands of years a tradition uh, that they were told to keep in order to remember the Passover, to remember the Exodus. And then Jesus was revealing to them the truer meaning, the deeper meaning of that Passover Seder. And in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus goes on to say this, after the Passover is, uh, is brought together. He says, and as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went to the Mount of Olives. And again, I don't know if, you know, the, the sound of cooking, you know, we just had Thanksgiving and, you know, you hear hear what's going on and, you know, the pots and the pans and, and all of those kinds of different things and those sounds that are associated with community and associated with food and associating with uh, festivals and, and Jesus doing all of that with this Passover Seder and the pouring of the wine and the breaking of bread and the, and the, and the sound of that. And I, I got to imagine the disciples going forward every time that they heard the pouring of, of wine or, or they heard, you know, they broke the bread, that would trigger a memory of that night and what was going to happen. So, but in this encounter, what, what, what was lost? Any idea? Again, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, it's just, you know, just, what do you think? Relationship, maybe? I came up with uh, loss of tradition, uh, loss of religion, uh, and in place of a relationship where, where they had this very religious uh, uh, kind of 
uh, ceremony that they had participated in every year for their whole lives and, and just became routine. And then Jesus said, you know what? Here's the true meaning of this. I'm going to reveal this to you that I am the Paschal Lamb. I am the Passover Lamb that, that, we've, that you have been promised and you are going to be blessed. And then I think it's so cool that they sang a hymn right afterwards. And then they took of communion. We're going to do that right now. The band's going to play a song. And just during that time, the table is open. Just feel free to come up. And then we will continue with our 14 sounds. After dinner, like a lot of family uh, gatherings, uh, an argument ensued, right? Anybody have an argument at Thanksgiving? Yes, you did. That's all right. It's normal. Well, that happened up here with, uh, with the 12 as well. They started arguing amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest, who was going to be the most powerful? Who was going to uh, be the, the great ruler and all this out of, out of Jesus' disciples? And uh, unexpected of, uh, to them, Jesus took off his robe and they started to hear this sound. Water washing the feet. And what this, this sound must have represented, if you can imagine, you know, uh, with the backdrop of who's going to be the greatest, the one who they were all following takes off his robe and he starts to pour some water and, and he says, you know what, I'm going to wash your guys' feet. And in that, in that culture, that was for the lowest of the low servants. And... And Jesus was saying here, going, you know what? This is not how it's meant to be. This is not what you, uh, uh, what you are signed up for. This is not about uh, consolidating power and lording it over people. Quite the opposite. It's about how we can use our energy to serve others and to show them that they have value, that, that they matter to God. In, in a lot of ways, that, that this simple sound of Jesus washing uh, the disciples' feet, there was a great loss of expectation. Because they expected that they were going to wear crowns. They expected that they were going to be governors and rulers and all this and this as the Messiah brought in a new earthly kingdom. And Jesus turned that on, on its head and sat there and washed their feet. In fact, when he was washing uh, Peter's feet, Peter said, no, 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 Lord, you cannot wash my feet. I will not allow it. And Jesus said, you know what? If I don't wash your feet, you will not be part of the kingdom of God. And then Peter, in true fashion, was all like, well, they washed my whole body. And he's like, and Jesus like, don't be ridiculous, Peter. So... Uh, 
And, you know, this real sense, though, of, of at this moment, if you can really imagine, you are expecting the Messiah to come in and be this conqueror. And, you know, the turning over the tables was a good sign. And, and hey, we're going to shake things up and we're going to take action. Then Jesus does this. And there must have been this huge sense of loss of expectation that, you know what, we're not going to be rulers. We are going to be servants to the least of these. After dinner and after washing the feet, it was time for them to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and to pray and to wait for Judas's betrayal. And after the prayer and, and uh, the, the guards and the priests started coming with Judas in, in front of them and Judas kiss, betrays Jesus with a kiss and then they hear this sound. A sword, a sword that, that comes out and, and Peter, again, chops off the, the uh, leading priest's uh, servant's ear off. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, especially you think about Peter as he's going through this last week and all the emotions that he's going through, going from thinking he's going to be a ruler to now he sees that his friend and his savior is about to be arrested, that, that he pulls out his sword and resorts to this violent act. And I was kind of wondering, you know, like, what, what did Peter lose in that moment? He did lose his temper, and somebody else lost an ear. So okay, we got that. <laughs> so, but what else? Like on a on a on a deeper, you know, like a level on a spiritual level or emotional level, what was lost here? Innocence, Innocence maybe. Yeah, relationship, maybe. Status. Status, maybe. Yeah, his concept of the kingdom. His witness, yeah, I was thinking that he really lost his sense of control. And I think a lot of times that's when violence happens is when we feel like we've lost control of a situation, that we've lost the spiritual war, we've lost the emotional war, we've lost the intellectual battle, and the only thing left that the only thing that you have control over is 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 physical and might, and perhaps you know that 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 sound of of the the sword coming out of the sheath is really the the last straw for for Peter in in him trying to hold on to this expectation that Jesus was going to be the reigning earthly king. And he's like, I will fight for you for this earthly kingdom. And then if you remember, Jesus says, hey, put your sword away, picks up uh, the guy's ear and, and heals him. So after, after the sword comes out that, he, that he's taken and he's taken in front of Pilate and Pilate uh, says, you know what? All right, let's flog this guy. And so you heard this sound. That's a whip. It's hard to find a, find a, a whip. And, 
And I was really trying to like think about this. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was whipped beyond recognition. So he, uh, the, the historical account is that these whips uh, were on the end of them, had like rocks tied to them and, and old pieces of bent metal and, and lead and, and, things, and things like that. And just, it would actually hit the uh, person being whipped and it would actually not just slap them, but actually rip their skin off. And I was trying to think about that and just, you know, you, you, that, that sound, that very distinct sound that you would probably remember for the rest of your life but also as in a sense of, of loss as his mother was, as, was standing there watching her boy being beat and the disciples watching this happen, uh, you know, really having this sense of, of, of loss as well. And what do you think that loss would be if you're watching somebody very close to you being whipped beyond recognition? I would say this one was a hard one for me too. And I was thinking, I, was, I came up with security. That you, you felt like you remember the, the circumstance that everything was going so well that, that there was this real sense that we're in control, we're empowered here. And now that uh, being, you know, that, that your friend and your, and your Lord is being whipped and, and this real like sense of like, I no longer have any security. And then right after that, uh, Pilate has some words and some uh, backroom discussions and everything. And then he comes out and, and he, he, they hear this. Washing of his hands. And again, I just think that this symbolism and, and the sound, you know, that he probably made a big, a big show of it and the real loss that that's associated with it. Because if you think about the series of loss that's coming up into this point, you have, you know, the loss of innocence, the loss of, of, of really tradition, the loss of, of religion, uh, uh, for Judas's sake that he lost, you know, uh, his friend and his Messiah and his community and, and then at this point, you really have lost justice. You've lost uh, the, the, the state being able to come in and bring justice to this situation that, that this innocent man has been arrested. This innocent man has been beaten. This innocent man, people are calling to be crucified. And you would think, okay, when everything else fails and the mob is there that I can trust in the government and trust in justice. And I think in this instance, when Pilate was washing his hands, that the sound of him washing his hands was the, the sound of a loss of, of earthly justice. At that point, uh, uh, night ensued and, and Peter was out and, and he was asked uh, three times, you know, what, you know, did he know Christ? And as that, that long evening ensued, the, the morning broke and he heard this.
to me, this is probably the worst sound. Not because of the early morning or anything like that, but if you think about what led up to that. And there's a couple of different things that, you know, Peter told Jesus that he, you know, Jesus told me he was going to deny him three times, and he said, I would never do that. I will die for you, Lord. And then remembering what happened in, in the garden, and then him denying Jesus three times that evening, and then that crow, or crow, but rooster going, uh, going off. It's not an alarm clock. Uh, whatever, crowing. What do roosters do? They crow. The rooster crowing. And, and really what that sound represents is really a, a loss of, uh, at least to me, is a loss of self-respect, a loss of identity, a loss of who you think you are in, uh, in, in the face of a, a, a huge failure. And uh, I think the worst thing about this sound, especially in the culture that, that Peter was in, was he's gonna, he was going to hear that sound every morning for the rest of his life. And you think about the emotional stirrup every time he heard a rooster crow would remind him of this epic failure. Now, one of the really cool things is that later on that, that Jesus redeemed that and, and uh, gave Peter a new name and, and said, you know what, you may have lost your self-respect, you may have lost your self-identity, but that's a good thing because I am going to give you a new identity. You are a new creation in me, that you are a rock, and we will go forward. After, after that, the next morning, that uh, it was time uh, to go to the, uh, the, the mountain of Skull and, uh, and Mary and the disciples would have uh, seen Jesus and heard this sound. Yeah. Now, again, I think that this is one of those sounds that, again, would reoccur for the rest of your life, that, that it probably had a very distinct sound to it, a big heavy cross being, being pulled. And I would imagine that every time somebody heard a, a chair being slid out or, a, um, or you know, anything being dragged on the street or anything, it would trigger that, that, that memory of, of your you know, for Mary, for her son, uh, being beaten to an unrecognizable state, you know, and then dra and him dragging his instrument of death to, uh, toward uh, the place where he would be crucified. And that just that huge sense of loss. And I would imagine at this point, you know, that there's starting to be a real loss of, of faith in just the situation of like, wow, you know what, you know, Mar Mary thinking, you know, God, you know what? You told me that, you know, this baby boy was, was going to bring redemption and all this. And, and, and I just don't know how all of this is going to work at this point. Finally, Jesus drags his cross with help uh, uh, to 
to the place where he would lay down on the cross and everyone would hear this noise. Which is nailing him to the nailing him to the cross. And again, it's one of these these sounds is very distinct, and I think every time for the rest of everybody's life who heard it, every time they heard somebody nailing something outside or, or something like that, it would trigger that, uh, trigger that emotion and trigger uh, that feeling of an image in your mind of, of, of you know, Jesus being nailed to the cross. And to me, you know, this idea of this, that sound representing a, uh, uh, a loss, a sense of loss of the future. Because it just seems like that's the end, you know. Nailing it, put you know, nail, uh, putting a nail in the coffin, you know that 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 idea of finality. And then after that, after Jesus uh, gets nailed to the cross, uh, they they take his clothes, and you hear this sound. Dice or. Lots, yeah, lots. So, again, this this sound of of lots being, and, and not so much for Jesus or the disciples, but what do you think this sound represented for the soldiers who were engaged in it? Bueller. What? New garments, yeah. Greed. What's what? A trophy. So it could be all of those things. I was thinking about it. I think at this point, the soldiers were doing their job. This is they were, you know, they were doing what the state required them to do. But at this point, those dice represent something else. It became personal. That it became about personal gain and greed, and and about getting. Uh, getting something and, and uh, benefiting from the despair of another person. And really they lost, you know, at least in our culture, that would be losing your professionalism, losing your objectivity and uh, becoming a part of a more sinister plot and giving yourself over to the temptations of that greed. And then finally, the last sound would be this. The stone being rolled in front. And to me, that, that, that sound would represent all loss of hope. Even though Jesus said, hey, you know what? All this is going to happen, and I'm going to raise again in three days. That they didn't really believe it. That, that they had come to this point on Friday where Mary's son, their friend, their, the person that all their hope and faith had been put into, they had just heard the sound of the boulder being uh, rolled in front of a, of a cross. And really that, that for Mary's uh, sake, that, that she was told that Jesus was going to pierce her soul and probably didn't really understand the depth of that. And I think that as we 
go through this Christmas season that there, there's this unrealistic expectation that, you know, we're happy, happy, happy all the time. But the reality is, is, is that life is much more complex than that. That there are people here right now that are having the best day of their life or will have the best day of their life. There's others that are here that are, are having the worst day of their life, that their life is falling apart. And that's one of the power of the body of Christ, but it's also uh, the power of Christ that, that none of this is foreign to him. That this is part of life. And there's going to be those moments where we have our highs. There's going to be those moments when we have our lows. And what's important is that we come together and be bond together in Christ as we move forward. And that we can, yes, celebrate, but we can also mourn together. And that that celebration doesn't um, uh, dishonor our pain. And our pain doesn't dishonor our celebration. That all of these things are called, together are called life. And they're all important. And together we can navigate through all of those, even through the tough times like we, of the final week of Jesus. You guys pray with me.